or something along those lines. And you know, between the historical cannabis culture in California, the fact that we grow the best cannabis in the world here, combined with the size of the market, that a, a, a brand that wins the California market will dwarf the brand in any other state. So when we do see legalization in interstate commerce, I think that the California companies, because of the competitive environment they've operated in, are going to have a significant leg up on, on other players. From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on MJ Bulls, we are joined by Frank Nuttall, the CEO of Unrivaled Brands. Frank, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Thanks very much for having me on today. Well, I'm glad that you could join us. We have a lot to cover in a short period of time. Unrivaled Brands is a publicly traded MSO with multiple brands, cultivation, distribution, and retail. Let's start with the cannabis equivalent to the 800-pound gorilla. California, it's the largest market in the world. It represents about one-fifth of the U.S. market. Why are there so few MSOs in the state? Well, it's fundamentally, it's a harder state in which to operate. It is highly fragmented. There's a more prominent historical illicit market. While the a lot of the municipalities control licensing, it is unlimited in certain jurisdictions. So for some of our larger brethren, it's been easier up until now to focus on limited license states, primarily in the Midwest and the East Coast. And to your point, it is one-fifth of the national market. It's the largest market in both the country and the world. And I'm a big fan of the old Gretzky quote, despite not being a hockey player, that you skate to where the puck's going to be. And everything points to California at some point. And because it's so fragmented right now and there's a lower level of competitive pressures, we have an opportunity to really build our platform out here at this point. I agree with you 100%. Everything starts and finishes with California. I've, since you've taken control of the company about a year or a month ago, you've really doubled down on what you call the West Coast concept. Can you explain this strategy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, along with, with Oregon and, and you know maybe Washington and, and potentially Colorado, three or four of the earlier states that, that legalized adult use and generally states that are more open competitively tend to be the ones that heretofore the larger MSOs have, have avoided. So from our perspective, it's not just California, it's really the, the whole West Coast. And to that end, we have operations in Oregon as well, brands, distribution, cultivation. And I think that the thesis is, is very similar to that of, of California, where you have uh, a, a more competitive market, one that is got a lot of historical cannabis culture and was likely to be the genesis along with California of the, of the brands that end up dominating across the country. Yeah, I can, it just feels like that's the direction you go. And you talked about how fragmented these two markets are. But if, when you combine California and Oregon, it, they have a, almost 30 percent of the national footprint. But yeah. all, they're all a bunch of smaller companies, a lot of fragmentation going. It seems like it's teed up for a roll up. Is acquiring assets in these markets sort of the centerpiece of your growth strategy? Yeah, it's uh, so just as a historical example, and by that, like the last six months during that period of time, we uh, we merged with Umbrella and acquired Silver Streak and, and Peoples. And we went from a little over 5 million in revenues in Q1 21 to to 23.4 million in revenues in Q3 21. Now, there's some organic growth there, but you know most of it was by virtue of M&A. And, and 
know, because it's so fragmented and, and the, the market is evolving so quickly, there's very considerable opportunities to bring on good brands, good dispensaries at, at rates that are reasonable. And certainly a lot of the smaller players are becoming aware that being part of a bigger platform is an important part of their strategy and, and, and growth and, and path forward. And it allows us to bring on you know, good pieces that complement our, our business, whether it's geographically for dispensaries or brands that fill product types that we don't currently have. And, and, and at the same time, generally bring on some pretty good people. It's a really, I think, win-win opportunity for both the shareholders of Unrivaled as well as the you know, owners of some of the smaller businesses that join our team. Yeah, it just seems like it's a great opportunity. I know a lot of MSOs love the fact when they're in a limited license state that they have that monopoly going. But I think the competitive market, you you're better in the long run because you don't have that luxury of having the state controlling who your competitors are. You, you have to fight it out. And if you win to quote Frank Sinatra, if you can make it there, you'll make it anywhere. So yeah, I, I largely agree that if you can make it there, i.e. California and Oregon, you can make it anywhere. And I think one of the other really valuable points you made was the hardening that comes with the competitive pressure. So for companies that operate in California, we have, uh, a higher level of competitive pressure in a fragmented market. So we have got to have better processes and systems. We're, we're scrappier, frankly. It's like if you're an athlete and you're training against the best other athletes, you become better yourself. And if you're competing in a limited license state, you don't have the same level of competitive pressure to, to hone your edge, if you will. So I, notwithstanding the fact that I think California being the largest market is ultimately going to be a, a very substantial contributor to any national play. It also happens to be where, frankly, brands tend to be created. So if you look at the history of brands in the United States, I think there's an old expression that brands are created in California and codified in New York or something along those lines. And you know, between the historical cannabis culture in California, the fact that we grow the best cannabis in the world here, combined with the size of the market, that it's a brand that wins the California market will dwarf the brand in any other state. So when we do see legalization in interstate commerce, I think that the California companies, because of the competitive environment they've operated in, are gonna have a significant leg up on, on other players. I wanna jump around a little bit and let's talk about branding. Obviously, promoting one brand is the easiest way to build brand loyalty, brand equity, but your name suggests multiple brands. Moving mm -hmm. forward, do you intend to have multiple brands under one umbrella, sort of like a Yum! Brands did with KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell, or are you going to try to transition all your assets into one brand? We actually have four brands now. So we have our premium indoor grow, we have outdoor grow, we've got various other edibles, Cabana and Sticks, certainly in Corova and Buku are sort of existing brand portfolio and they really tackle different components of the market and i think what we're going to continue doing is as we grow by mna we'll continue with the brands we may acquire and because they've already got established market presence in their niche so yep. it's the extent we bring on a product that that fills a, a hole in our portfolio but already has a following in that niche we're going to keep it and continue growing it and ultimately we're going to expand our licensing program so currently we're licensing Corova 
in Arizona and Oklahoma. And we've got to push this quarter to launch a licensing program for other states as well as uh, other brands in those two states. So part of, a little bit part of the, the next step in our, our growth plan and evolution is we chatted about where the California brands wind up being a major player. This is our next step. It's like I said, it works great for Yum! brands. A lot of companies have approached it this way, and I, th I think it makes sense. Let's talk about the next 12 months. Where do you see Unrivaled Brands mm -hmm. over the next 12 months? Yeah, I think it's fundamentally, we're just going to continue to grow as we've been doing. We have holes in our product portfolio we want to fill. So we've got a pretty robust pipeline of branded products that we're looking at. Big state in California and no retail presence in, in Oregon. We're looking geographically as well to add dispensaries. I, I can't you know, state with any level of definitiveness, but I would anticipate we'd be bringing on some number more companies this year that fill one of those two directives. So kind of a combination of, of organic growth and some acquisitions are probably in the mix for the next 12 months. Yeah, and on the, on, the, on the organic growth side, we opened the People's Downtown LA Dispensary at the end of December. We'll be opening the People's Riverside Dispensary in, in March or April. And those were both dispensaries that were in development we acquired as part of the People's Acquisition. Mm -hmm. So we've got two new dispensaries effectively you know, that will be contributing to revenue for this year on top of whatever acquisitions we may make. That's exciting. Exciting stuff, Frank. We'll have all of Unrivaled Brands information in the show notes, including their stock information. So if you're a West Coast cannabis company looking to sell or you're looking for a great investment, just click the links in the show notes. Frank, thanks for being on the show today. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon And I'm Saba. And we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout Podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while, while we break, break it all down. down.